Hello, everybody. It is Friday, August 4th, and we are back to our, at least for this week, Friday edition of the Missouri Funeral Directors and Embalmers Association uh, webcast and pod- podcast for those of you who listen. Uh, congratulations to uh, everyone that's involved because we have now had over 1,000 of the audio podcast downloads uh, since we started doing that not too long ago. So we know a lot of people are listening, so that's great. Uh, going to switch gears a little bit for you this week. I'm sure you're probably tired of me talking about my pre-inspection inspections. Got a full week of those scheduled next week, but uh, talked about that for a couple weeks in a row, so we're going to shift gears completely on that. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, something that has uh, popped up uh, for a couple people I know, And it's an issue because it also has to deal with one of the pieces of legislation that was passed this past year that we haven't talked about, but you may have read about in the news. It is the no texting bill that was signed. You've probably seen uh, something in the news in your local paper on TV that the governor did sign a bill that would prohibit texting for everybody, not just minors, but everybody in their car. But the legislation actually goes further than that. You are not after August 28th, when the bill goes into effect, you do not have in your hand a phone, period. You should not have a hand, a phone in your hand while you are driving. It's not just a no texting. It's a completely hands-free rule. So you must use, if you're using your phone in your car, you must use the hands-free option all the time. Now, of course, everybody should be doing that Anyway, that's the safest thing to do. And for those of you that are in charge of or own funeral homes, you should have that in your employee employee policy manual that while you're driving uh, for work in any of the company vehicles, you will not use your cell phone, period. Should have that in there. But now it will soon be state law that you cannot have the cell phone in your hand while you are driving. Now, this is what they call a secondary uh, enforcement violation. They're not supposed to pull you over just for that. If a law enforcement officer sees you on the phone in the car, they're not, and that's the only thing you're doing wrong, they're not supposed to pull you over just for that. But if they catch you doing something else, and they can almost a lot of times catch you for doing something else, whether it's going two miles over the speed limit or uh, moving over a little into one lane or the other or not signaling or something like that. Well, they can add that to whatever other citation they're going to write you up with. The sets the same with it is with seatbelts. Everyone's required to wear a seatbelt, but it is a secondary enforcement violation. They have to pull you over for something else before they can write you up for no seatbelt. Now, it's the same thing with using your phone. It must be hands-free at all times under Missouri law. And of course, your employment policy should say, don't use the cell phone, period, while you're driving for work on work or in company vehicles or anything like that. So make sure that that is explained to everyone at your funeral home to know what that's what the rule is. But that leads me to something else that I've been thinking about talking for a while. It reminded me because we just had here at the office our annual federated insurance review, or they go over all the insurance coverage here at the office. We use, pointing the wrong way, we use uh, federated to uh, cover our building. And uh, all our other uh, you know, property casualty insurance needs, things like that. And, of course, we have our annual review. And here's a little plug for them. Federated, of course, is our endorsed company for that. We use them here. 
Uh, we do urge everyone to invite Federated in to come and give them at least a quote. Don't know whether their prices will beat your prices. That's an individual thing. You just have to check with that. But I can tell you from experience here at the MFDA office, their claims service is incredible. The few times that we have had a claim, they've had somebody wherever they needed to be the very next day. And the uh, claims were settled very uh, efficiently, very uh, fairly, and very quickly, which is a very important thing as well. So at least get out there, give them the quote. But one of the things, of course, I, we talk about uh, often, and I talk about this when, we, when I do a seminar and teach a class, is the single biggest thing that funeral homes are sued for nationwide is an automobile incident, an accident, a collision, something like that. And so you always want to be sure that you're being extra, extra careful driving the vehicle. That's the biggest thing that people get sued for. Now, way back in the day when I was a young attorney, we did a lot of insurance defense work for insurance companies. And that meant the young attorneys wound up doing a lot of automobile accident cases. A lot of times the insurance company would just bring them in order to protect the rights of their client. Maybe the other side was uninsured. You weren't expecting to collect anything, but you needed to get a judgment against them just in case. So it was a great way for young attorneys to be trained in trial courtroom and uh, doing little trials and things like that, where frankly, eh, there was no, there was not a great deal of pressure on you because very often, uh, even if you won the case, uh, it was very unlikely you're going to collect anything, but the insurance companies needed to do that to protect everybody's rights. So it was, it was, it was a good thing to uh, learn on. And one of the things you learn when you're doing automobile accident case after automobile accident case after automobile accident case is that everybody is negligent sometime. If you get into a car and you drive, I don't care how far you're driving, there's a really good chance at some point during that trip, you would have done something negligent. And negligent just means you're not using ordinary care that you should normally be using. It might be that you're a couple miles over the speed limit. It might be that, again, you, you crossed over the line as you were talking to somebody uh, in the passenger seat, that, that you turned around to deal with the kids who are arguing in back, that you're messing with the uh, radio, whole lot of things, uh, took, a, took a turn too fast. There's a whole lot of things where a court could say that you were being negligent and, and nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Of course, 99.9% .9 of the time, Nothing happens when you do that. Yeah. Okay. You were fiddling with the radio and a car cut in front of you. And, oh, you, we were lucky you, you didn't hit it. Or, uh, yeah, you did cross the center line a little bit because uh, the phone was ringing. And, of course, you shouldn't be doing with the phone, but at least you, you, you went, walked over there to see who it was calling. Those could all be determined negligent under the different circumstances, depending on what happened. But most of the time, nothing bad happens. But when it does happen, it, it can be bad. So there's a lot of things you can do to protect yourself, to make sure that you are operating at the highest degree of care. And uh, with motor vehicles, it actually is the highest degree of care in most instances that you have to be doing because it, you're driving a dangerous vehicle. Uh, so it's a very high degree of care when you're uh, operating a motor vehicle. There's a lot of things you can do. One of those is make sure that cell phone's put away. Make sure you follow the speed limit always. Okay. And here's a tip that is a great one for everybody to do. And that is signaling. Now, I know everybody's seen people that are swerving around or turning and they don't signal. That is one of the easiest things that you can start doing that will protect you both physically 
and potentially from a lawsuit situation if something bad happens. And what you've got to do is you've got to train yourself. Put, a, if necessary, put a yellow sticky note in the middle of the center wheel. And what you need to do is force yourself, intentionally signal every time, every time. You are in the right turn lane and there's nobody else on the road, signal, okay? You are changing lanes and there's not anybody next to you, signal. You're going into the roundabout and you're going to take a right turn and there's no reason for it. There's nobody behind you, nobody in front of you, signal. You are pulling into your driveway at two in the morning in your subdivision, signal. You need to do this for a couple months. You need to do this for a couple months where you intentionally and consciously signal every time, even when it's may not in your mind be necessary. There's nobody that you can hurt. But if you do that for a couple months and every single time you signal, thinking about it, I'm going to signal here. I'm about to change lanes. I'm going to signal. I'm in the right turn only lane. There's uh, there's only one way I can turn. Can't go anywhere else. I'm still going to signal. If you do that for a couple months, it then becomes automatic and you're not thinking about it. You just start signaling without thinking about it. And that's where you want to get. You want to get to the point where you're signaling without thinking about it, because that means that if and when you do something stupid, at least you'll have signaled to everyone you're about to do something stupid. Okay, you're you're about to change lanes. You're about to go this way. You're about to do that. You're about to take a right turn. And by signaling, you, you didn't check your blind spot. So there's a car over there. But if you signal before you move, that car behind can see what you're about to do. Uh, you don't realize that there's a car over here that might be turning in front of you or cutting you off. But because you signaled, you know, they know what you're about to do. So if signaling becomes unconscious, it's something you do all the time, every time. It greatly increases the chances that even if you do something negligent, it won't cause a problem because people will have been alerted that you're about to do something crazy or stupid or, you know, maybe just uh, not the highest degree of care like you should be using when you're driving a motor vehicle. The highest degree of care is what you want to be using all the time. So that's just a little tip to throw out there. Everybody should get into the practice of signaling even when you don't have to. And by signaling for a couple of months on purpose, consciously, Every time you any kind of signaling situation, it'll eventually become automatic, unconscious. And that may uh, save yourself an automobile claim. It may save yourself or somebody else's life. You never know because if people know you're about to do something that maybe is dangerous or maybe not proper, then they have a chance to avoid you before something bad happens. The other thing, because I have had a couple questions about it, it is election time for the National Funeral Directors and the Bombers Association. The National Funeral Directors and Bombers Association, if you are a voting member, they're having votes right now for officers and for changes in the National Funeral Directors Association bylaws. Uh, Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association, we do not endorse candidates. There's actually restrictions on state associations sending out material endorsing candidates. So we, we've never endorsed a candidate. But if you get on there, I think there's only one contested race. You can see all the bios and links to all of that and decide who you would want to vote for that. As to the bylaws, I have had somebody question about whether or not these bylaws are a good idea. Again, 
We have not officially taken a position on this as the association, but I would like to point out a couple things that I noticed when I read these potential bylaws changes. And there's two of them that uh, I have focused on. One has to do with the creation of what they call an independent member. Uh, now, I know why they were doing it. I think the reason behind it is probably a good idea. But the sentence that creates this and changes some of the wording around is very ambiguous. It is not clear. Now, I think everybody knows what they intended. But when you have a thing in a bylaw that is ambiguous and not clear, it can Someday, some way, it's going to cause a problem. The one potentially of more concern um, has to do with the voting representatives. With the national organization, every state association gets to appoint a person who it used to be called the policy board, but it's not the policy board anymore. And they get to uh, vote once a year on the at-large member, an at-large member to the national board of directors for the national Funeral Directors Association, and they're adjusting who is qualified to be a state representative. And again, I think the idea behind the change was a good one. I think they intended to do good things. But again, I am concerned with some of the wording. The big one here is the way they worded that it potentially, potentially, arguably takes out a person who is only practicing embalming in their definitions of on the national bylaws, they do point out that you can be a member if you are practicing funeral directing or if you're practicing embalming, because it recognizes that some states have separate licenses like Missouri. And of course, a person might have both licenses. They might be both a funeral director and bomber, but they're practicing as a trade embalmer and they don't do any funeral directing. All they're doing is embalming. So there are two categories and that could both be members. But when it got to the point of saying who can be a state representative, it says someone who is currently practicing funeral directing. It didn't say currently practicing funeral directing and or embalming like it does in other places in the, uh, the bylaws. In other places, the bylaws, it mentions funeral directing and or embalming. Great. But in this section, dealing with who can be a state representative, it only says you have to be a, a current member who is in the current practice of funeral directing, and they left out embalming. Now, I think that was probably an oversight. I don't think they meant to cut out people who, uh, regardless of what licenses they have, all they're doing right now is embalming, but that's kind of how it worded. So that bothers me as well. So what I urge you to do is, if you're going to vote on these bylaws, you can look them up. There's links right to them. You read them. You decide if there's a problem with them. You decide if it's clear or if it's uh, ambiguous and make a decision based on that. But I just wanted to highlight those things to you so that if you are intending to vote, you take a look at them and see whether or not you think there's a problem with any of those. So that's what we have for this week. Again, be careful on the road out there. That is the single biggest thing that funeral homes, funeral directors are sued for is an automobile accident situation. So you want to avoid that. Become an automatic, unconscious, turn-signaling person. I know in certain parts of Missouri, uh, as I'm driving around, I think when I turn my turn signal on, I think it freaks everybody out behind me because they've never seen anybody do that before, is, <laughs> is my impression sometimes. But uh, you should be doing that. Make that an unconscious habit. And that way, in the event that you might unconsciously do something dumb, you might be safe because you've already unconsciously done something smart. 
which is signal your intentions before they do it, which leads in exactly to what I always close these broadcasts with. Please stay safe.